Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Diamond and Diamonds Real Estate Division podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce Anna Marin from Keller Williams Legacies. We are going to talk about her brokerage and how it's grown over the years and um, all the cool things that, you know, Anna has been through, whether she's been coached or coaching and uh, really excited for uh, the next 30 minutes. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. We are too. We are too. It's uh, it's interesting because we just met not too long ago, actually, and you have uh, expanded into this amazing new office up in Vaughan. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear a little bit about it. Well, I'm so grateful to have connected. I got to give a shout out to Rocky from Mortgage Savvy for making the introduction. I'm uh, super blessed that we get to have you in-house now. Um, but yeah, so for us, uh, we started in the middle of the pandemic back in 2019. And so our vision was always to really grow in the York region. And we started in a 1400 square foot office space, like literally nothing. And you said, you say we, is it you and you have some partners there? Yeah. So Sandy, which you're going to meet shortly, but Sandy's our uh, majority owner, our operating principal there. We have our leadership team. And then we also have a few other partners that have helped us actually launch the franchise through capital. Amazing. And um, so we started in the middle of the pandemic in that small, tiny office, and we've grown so much over the past three years. We're going to be three years in January since we officially opened our doors. Wow. Um, So we're pretty pumped about that. But last year we saw a need, especially through the pandemic being like over, if we want to call it that, um, for having a space for our agents to thrive in. We would rent out uh, venues, halls to do our events, and it got pretty expensive. So we're like, we'd rather just have a space that we can create for our own. And like yourself, we also have podcasts. So we wanted to have a media space uh, so that our agents could grow into that and create content. And so we found a cool spot near Weston and Seven on Roy Tech Road. And uh, throughout the past year, we've been building it out. So finally, the construction's done. We just had our launch party a couple weeks ago. We've got a 10,000 square foot, almost 11,000 square foot office space yeah, with uh, beautiful. fully outfitted with we've got a kitchen, podcast studios, multiple agent offices. We have about 16 agent offices and team offices that are rentable. Big boardroom. We have a massive patio too, so we can host uh, cool events in the summer. So we're really excited about growing now into that next step of our legacy. Yeah. So we, we came to visit not too long ago, walking around. The space is great. What I really loved about it, first of all, totally modern. I'd love to come into that office every day. If I was a real estate agent, I think, you know, coming into a good office environment where you can, you know, meet with team members, other agents, leadership, whatever it may be. Not to shoot on our office space from before, but you walked in, it wasn't anything exciting. It was just like a kind of crappy little office space that we grew into Like, and I am so grateful for having that space because it allowed us to do so much other stuff. But now walking into that space, you're like, holy crap, from a client perspective, from a business partner perspective 100%. like yourself or from an agent perspective, too. Right. And what's what's interesting there, what I really liked about it. So you had this kind of team space where there was kitchen and kind of tables and then you had your preferred partners kind of be able to rent offices around that space. And you have a mortgage broker, you have law firms, you have other preferred construction. Yeah. Right. So, you know, all these resources at the agent's tips to say, Hey, to their client, I have this. So tell us what partners do you have there? We've got yourself diamond and diamond uh, in-house law firm. We've got a mortgage company that's going to be there with us every single day as well. Uh, we've got Acuron construction. It's actually a construction company that was founded by one of our agents. So for now we've got those three. Um, and I think we can continue expanding as of today. We're December. We're at about 150 agents. Wow. 150 agents. And you started literally 
three, almost three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. That's insane. So hold on for every, anyone who's listening out there. You got 150 agents. They're still looking for business partners. If you're good, you got to contact Anna because they're amazing. I know we're we're inside. We're really happy with the team. Um, and they already had a bunch of uh, parties and stuff. We got to meet a whole bunch of people. It's a great team. But I didn't know yet 150. That's a lot. Yeah. And we, we want to expand. I, I don't necessarily mean expand across Canada because we are limited within our franchise structure. But I do mean I want to expand and create a different perspective. Tell me you know, in your past three years, what was the biggest struggle? The biggest struggle? Um, hmm, just one. <laughs> Let's go with one for now. <laughs> okay, we'll go with one for now. I think, uh, well, it, like any new business, there's been a lot of failures. I, I can admit to that. And I talk about it often with the team. Like I mess up all the time. And being open and vulnerable and willing to admit that you fail is a big part of that. And I think at the beginning, uh, for, for both Sandy and I, it, we struggled with that because we wanted to make everything perfect. We wanted everyone to be happy, but it's almost better when you tell people, hey, I failed and that's okay. Let's right. figure out how to fix it. So how did you get into real estate? Yeah. Young Anna. Young Anna. Besides, I'm going to be a real, well, at first I'm assuming a real estate agent, right? Because No, oh, I'll tell goes, you goes, how it happened. So it goes even further. All right, let's hear um, So I got back from university and like most people, I came back not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. I was just kind of figuring my shit out. And I just started looking around, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I found a job literally around the corner from my house working for a realtor as an executive assistant. Wow. And I was like, well, I learned a lot about business. I love marketing, that sort of stuff. So I went in for the job interview and at first she turned me down. <laughs> she was like, um, yeah, because I told her I wanted to maybe go back to school. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And she took that as a red flag. And so then I, I came back to her and I was like, no, 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 hold on. Let me tell you, let me tell you, like, if I show up and I really enjoy it, I'm going to stay with you longer. Maybe I won't go back to school, but like, I don't know what I don't know. Right. Um, so then she was like, okay, well, let's give it a try. So I ended up working with her and her team. We built the team out uh, for about a year and a half. And that was under Keller Williams. That was well. actually under Keller Williams in Niagara. Okay. And uh, through that process, I got to learn the business, fell in love with the industry, met lots of amazing people, both in Keller Williams and outside and other brokerages. And at that time with my other team, they gave me great opportunities, but I saw a cap for where I wanted to go. So with Sandy, I saw the opposite. I saw that there was someone that had a very big vision, someone that wanted to achieve big things. And I just aligned a lot more with how he was going in his path. It worked out really well. From there, we built out the team, had a lot of great opportunity. Like our team in Hamilton still does about 200 to 300 units a year. Wow. We've almost hit the 300 mark so many times, but we're just missing it. Um, and there's like very, I mean, considering like the ups and downs of the market, that's that's quite impressive. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. And I'm not really tied to the team as much anymore because when we launched the brokerage, I moved out to Vaughn, but my younger sister now works on our real estate team. So oh, it's, fun. it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that's been my past so far. It's been about seven years since I officially got in the business and six years since I got licensed. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, if you had to go back and tell young Anna to do something different, would mm -hmm. you? I don't think so. Cause I feel like I've learned so much to, even despite everything that I've fucked up. Yeah. Like I, I have learned so much. Um, but if I'm thinking about somebody that's out there, that's young, like I know a lot of people right now are struggling the youth, especially that I'm appealing to right now, Right. they're trying to figure out what they want. I feel like we're living in a time economically that is very unstable or people are scared and fearful. 
So I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is just surround yourself with great people and and find something to aspire to, like kind of creating your alter ego. Right. There's a book called The Alter Ego Effect, and that really helped me when I was dealing with a lot of um, imposter syndrome, being so young in the industry and telling myself, why would people trust me because I'm so young? But what, what ends up happening is you get to a point where you're not young anymore. And then you're like, I missed so many opportunities because I thought I was too young to do that. Right. Right. I, I think, you know, it's funny. I think we see it all the time, even in my business, the legal business, you know, someone comes out of law school and they're not prepared to be a lawyer. And so you have this dichotomy of coming in. They're like, okay, I'm a lawyer. Put me, you know, put me in a trial boss. And we're like, no, no, that's not, know, how, it that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, they, they kind of decide over the next two, three years, Hey, is this really what I want to do? This is not just learning law. Now I got to do the crappy stuff, the paperwork, the learning, all the things. And it takes years, right? Like it's not, you know, when I tell people, I said, look, you want to be a good lawyer. It's going to take you about five years to yeah. just kind of figure out what kind of lawyer you are and be your style and see uh, if you like it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, you may, may not do it. So I guess, you know, if someone walks through the door, if, if you have someone that's young and, and they're looking to become a real estate agent, what are you telling them or what are, what advice are you giving them and saying, Hey, you're going to walk into the, you're going to walk into this industry. These are the kind of things that you need to do to figure out a, if you like it and B, if you're going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate the approach that it sounds like you're taking is I think we're both in businesses where things are not, um, they're not super difficult, but they're not easy. I never want to pussyfoot around the fact that this industry is not for everyone, but I'd rather be upfront with someone and be like, Hey, this is not easy. What you see on selling sunset or on TV is absolutely not what we're in the business of doing. Right. And, um, just setting the right expectations because if they have too high expectations of themselves, they're never going to fulfill. And they're always, they're never going to be fulfilled to right. be quite honest. Right. Versus like setting the expectation, like, you came out of the Humber program and they taught you maybe 5% of what you actually need to know in this industry. Let's actually give you the right education. Let's put you on the right path forward and then figure out what you want to do in this industry. You don't have to do exactly what everybody tells you to do. You just have to find what works for you and your lifestyle. It's interesting you say that, you know, and we, we touched upon it a little bit, but we went through a crazy market in GTA in Ontario and especially Toronto and GTA, especially. So you had, I don't know, 15 years of constant gains where, you know, I felt like everybody and decided to like, I'm going to get a real estate license and I'm going to sell one or two houses a year. And that's going to be enough to be, uh, you know, my career. Yeah. And then as the market started to taper off, all of a sudden those people that were selling one or two houses a year, it's not enough anymore, right? Like you can't sustain yourself. And you know, the people, that stayed obviously had a certain quality, you know, and when you talk about the people leaving the people that stay and go through these times, what do you think is the personality trait or the character trait that, that, that you look for and that the, these agents have to make sure that they're competitive in this type of environment? Somebody deciding to say, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to door knock for a week. And then next week I'm going to try cold calling. And then next week, oh, I didn't get anything from cold calling. So I'm going to try online lead generation. I mean, what kind of results can you actually expect if you're only giving it a couple days worth or a couple weeks worth? And this is the way I look at things is as a whatever kind of business you're in, it's the same concept. But as a realtor specifically, our main job is lead generation. We need to find people that need our services. And if we're not doing that as often as possible throughout the day, we're really missing the mark. And so the people that are having a lot of success right now are the ones that are being super consistent with their lead gen. If you think about it, we have 260 working days in a year. And if you actually take that 
just those days. And let's say a realtor is only deciding to do an hour worth of lead generation. That means that they're doing 26 hours a year or yeah, 26 hours a year approximately, right. which is sorry, 20, 260 hours a year, which is 11 days. So that means that they only actually worked 11 days. And, and for that matter, you know, in a good market, what also skills do you not have that are that are not going to translate in a year from now? Right. You know, so, I mean, I always say, I go, look, an agent can put something on MLS doesn't mean that it gets sold yeah. and it doesn't mean does it get sold for the right price and it doesn't mean you give the right service and it doesn't mean after the fact that the person will then refer you like there's so many aspects of each you know purchase and sale that i think agents really need to especially young agents need to understand is that you're not just servicing one client you're servicing a whole network of, of possibilities yeah. if you do it right you're basically a project manager in a sense. When right. you look at the tr life of a transaction, there's so many people that you need to be in contact with, so much coordination that needs to happen. We looked at, I got the spreadsheet from one of our training courses and they listed out all of the, the, the tasks that are involved of a realtor or within a real estate transaction, let's be more quite honest. And there was like 237 wow. of just, if a solo realtor, but 236 of them don't get to happen without them lead generating and actually setting themselves up for success. Like I talk to probably about 50 to 100 agents every single month, and a lot of them have a negative view on doing lead generation. They right. think it's something that they shouldn't be doing or they have better things that they could be doing. But realistically, that's not the truth. No. And, and I think, yeah, you get I guess you get some people saying I'm, I'm too good for that mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Because they just assume that they're just going to have people come knocking for who they are. But like, I mean, the past two years, we've seen like people's phones haven't been ringing. Right. So you have to go out there and get the business. hundred percent. So that goes in. You said you talked to a um, hundred. Is that within Keller Williams or is that outside Keller Williams? Well, outside. So we've got our agents, which I coach our top 20% to help them increase their production. Um, other companies, new, new realtors coming into the industry. Um, and then with the podcast that we have, I get to connect with people all over the world as well. I'm hearing so many different perspectives, but the thing I always see is patterns. And you're involved in a podcast called Sales Beast. Mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us about it. Yeah. So we're going on four years now. It's been such a cool journey. My friend, Mike and I, we started it. He, he's on the real estate team. He actually leads our real estate team in Hamilton now. Okay. Uh, we started it when we were on the team and we, we got to attend a couple of big conferences. We got surrounded by some really cool people doing cool stuff in the industry. We selfishly always looked at it as like a coaching opportunity for us to get free coaching from top realtors. <laughs> wow. So, so the names that you come in, are you bringing, uh, is it, is it real estate oriented or is it sales oriented? What is the. Yeah. Real estate oriented. I would say majority of our audience is realtors, realtors either getting into the business or uh, looking to build a team. Uh, but we do have guests that are outside of real estate. You know, we brought in environmental consultants, we brought in therapists, we brought in um, mortgage brokers, lawyers, like we, we bring in a variety of people because the exposure that we want to our audience is not just real estate focused, it's business and people focused. I feel for anyone in sales, if we look at ourselves as like professional athletes, like the example you mentioned earlier, our practice time is us scripting and practicing dialogues right. so that we aren't showing up with a client and then practicing our script on them. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. And it's funny because I, I think one of my, and I, you know, I've, I've bought two homes. Yeah. One of them was a bad experience. And the other one, I walked into a house and I remember, you know, he was showing me the house and I walked in and they had, I know that's, it's not a lot, mm -hmm. but he just looks at us and he's like, welcome home. 
Oh, I love that. And I'm, and I'm just like, whoa. And I still remember it mm-hmm. as opposed to walking around and, you know, cause I think as a, as a, as a purchaser, if I'm going into a home, I'm already on guard. Mm-hmm. I'm already on guard looking for things that is wrong with the house. I'm looking for things I don't like. And, and, and I'm also skeptical of the agent. They're asking too much money and you know, whatever. And, and this was a really different approach I had. And, and, you know, it's part and parcel of what you're talking about in training is that, you know, this was something so simple, but it created an experience for you. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't see that often. Right. And I think that that goes back to is, you know, how do you get those type of things, experiences, training work and, and how do you, how do you put it in, or is it just one of those things where you say, look, I'm going to give you the info. I hope you use it, but if you don't, you're kind of going to, you're going to fall off the cliff. Well, yeah, I think it's always a big, <laughs> it's like you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right. right. It's if you just, Put people in the right rooms if you give them exposure to the right content or what we believe is the right content because there's so many different models out there and especially in the real estate industry you could be listening to one person and they have this viewpoint on one thing and then this person has a completely opposite viewpoint so then which one do you listen to but if you give a variety and give different perspectives then the individual can actually choose what they want to believe in and what they're going to follow or what model they're going to implement um so I mean, I don't think there's there's a solution for that. It's just, I mean, a lot of it for us internally has to do with like marketing our content out to our agents. So putting our podcast to them, because first of all, it's value to them. Right. I said, I selfishly use it as a coaching opportunity. Well, no, that if it's coaching for you, it's coaching for them exactly. as well, right? Um, so now you have this great new place. You have over a hundred agents. Where do you see yourself and Keller Williams legacies in five years in five years. Um, so we, we've set up pretty big goals in the past and sometimes we miss the mark and I think that's okay, but we've set some really realistic goals for next year based on our previous production and based on, uh, the retention systems that we have now. So we want to be at 200 agents by the end of next year. You know, I think that's a great goal and I think that's actually viable. Um, on a lighter topic, Mm -hmm. we're at Starbucks. What are you ordering? What's your drink? Oh my gosh. I honestly, I'm like black coffee. That's it. Or sometimes I'll get the shaken sugar oat espresso drink. Oh, that Have you yeah. ever had that? Yeah. So you went from black coffee to like a uh, 17 syllable, uh, yes. shaken. I know because my daughter likes that one. That so. one's really good. <laughs> I like the white foam that they put. So sometimes I'll get the nitro brew just with the white foam. Ah, if you could have one type of food. I would say uh, just Mexican food. Does it have to be like one specific item of food? No, no, no. It can just, be like Mexican. Uh, Okay, because with Mexican food, it's all the same ingredients, just done differently. Like it's corn, <laughs> uh, a meat, and a salsa, just like in different formats. Yeah, you have so, a bowl, you can have it. It's so it's so yes. versatile. Yeah, so we'll do Mexican. Okay, awesome. Now, is it Taco Bell Mexican or no? It's I'm from Mexico. I gotta have go. the authentic I Mexican. To ask. I had to ask. <laughs> My dad would shoot me. He right. calls it Taco Hell. So um. So okay, so you're in Bonn. Yes. And you now have this, uh, you know, this Mexican food knowledge yes where are agents and us and customers where are we eating where are we getting our mexican food in toronto we just tried eat the cate which is in like north york okay really really bomb and then downtown you can find a lot more stuff but vaughn the mexican game is lacking okay so there you go anyone else out there if anyone is listening and wants to open up a mexican restaurant and you're good at it then then there's an opportunity. I'm going to assume you have contacts outside of Canada. Does Keller Williams do any work internationally? 
Oh, yeah. So KW's in about 60 different countries now across the world. We're the largest by Asian count. We have a, about 200,000 associates in those 60 different countries. Um, so we personally also have um, an international real estate department within our office. It's led by one of our agents in this called Soul Properties. He created this company um, and he partnered with our pre-construction division. So we have a couple of projects that we're selling down south right now. How do you convince, not I guess convince or sell people on something that they can't see. Like it's hard, right? Because mm -hmm. here, you know, you buy a house and uh, you go see it mm -hmm. and it's not far because you're looking for a neighborhood. But now you're saying, okay, I got this great property in Turk. So how do they, how do they present that to the uh, potential purchaser? Well, yeah, I'll just speak on their behalf because uh, like one of the projects that they're selling is one of my family members projects. And um, I just attended their sales event the other day. But essentially what they're doing is they're curating specific events every time they have a project or that they're doing um, something in a country. So they've done El Salvador, Dominican, Mexico and Turks and Caicos. Um, so the one that just happened is they had a client focused event or a consumer focused event. And it was really uh, an experience. So they had a food network chef come in and do like the, the food wow. from the countries. And then they had a whole presentation on the projects. Like you said, they can't see them in person. So what's the next best thing? Videos, photos, explaining what the values are of investing in those areas, what the economy is like. I know in Tulum right now, they have a new airport and they have a new LRT, like a new train system. So like those are big selling points where if you buy now in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot more value. Um, so they've been really focused on doing those events. And I think that's brought them great exposure. And so I'm excited to see where that ends up going. There's just so many opportunities. And with Canada, we've got limited land, limited right. resources. So at a certain point, we have to look elsewhere. But uh, with the team that's doing all this international stuff in-house, they find the right contacts. They do all of the research beforehand. They find the right people that are going to service the client so that when the client comes forward, they've got all of the tools at their disposal. They don't have to wonder or try to figure out how to actually do it. They've got options. If you had to pick one trait that is common among or should be common on all real estate, uh, like with all real estate agents? I mean, this is like, this is going to be difficult, but I think that um, there should be a little bit more humility in our industry, especially because we're so um, like, we're so in the public, like we, we have to put ourselves out there. We have to market ourselves. I find that there's a lot of ego sometimes in I mean, hearing about it from the consumers, they don't have a great view sometimes on how realtors make their money or, you know, what our industry looks like. But there's, I think, a lot of people out there that care and that want to provide a great service and definitely earn the opportunity every single time. But on the opposite end, there's a lot of people that have ego, uh, don't care about the clients and really are just there for the paycheck. So if there was a bit more humility, I feel like we would find more opportunities to collaborate, work together and still get the the best outcomes for everybody. So we're, we're nearing the end of the podcast and I have to ask you this. Obviously, you're a realtor and this is your industry. You got to tell all of our viewers and listeners, what is the market going to look like over the next six months? Great question. Um, I know we hear this often. We don't have a crystal ball. And at the same time, there's been so many uh, indicators that things are turning around into the new year. Uh, lots of economists that we've been in chats with, lots of mortgage brokers that we've been in communication with have been saying that we'll see a bit of a dip in interest rates in the future. Um, we have seen um, fixed rates come down quite a bit in the last little while. So you're still getting affordable rates um, in this climate. Um, we also saw an announcement that our GDP is down again. 
So that's a very good indicator that rates are going to come down probably quarter one, maybe quarter two, potentially a little bit later in the year. I'd never, I don't think we're ever going to get back to the same rates that we had, like where money was absolutely ridiculously right. cheap. Uh, we got a interest rate for like 2.39 in 2021. Like I, I don't think that's ever going to happen again, but at least we'll get to a point where now prices are a bit more affordable. Interest rates are not out of control and uh, everybody will have a bit more consumer faith in what's going on. And lastly, I didn't ask you this before. You're a young female leader in this industry. So, you know, I've asked you for advice for other agents. What advice would you give to young females? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's, what's cool is I'm in a company that is very female oriented. So we have a lot of female leadership. I think uh, at Keller Williams, 68% of our associates are female. Wow. So we're very female driven. I think it's surrounding yourself with right people, connecting yourself with networking groups with other females. I'm part of Connect Her out of in Vaughan, which is led by one of my friends, Sharon. We get to meet great women all the time, every single month and uh, boost each other up. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you so much, Anna. For I just got to say, oh. lastly, oh. thank you for having me. And I'm super excited to have you guys in our office in, in the new year. It's going to be an awesome time and ready to build some cool shit together. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. I know I know uh, you're designing our little office space for us and we're going to have people there and um, we're going to come and steal everybody's food in, in the marketplace whenever Sounds they're <laughs> around um, and possibly give legal advice while we're doing that. That's that's the plan. That's the best part about it. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'd like to thank you on behalf of Diamond and Diamond. Again, Anna Marin from Keller Williams Legacies in Vaughn. If you have any questions, you want to contact her or a team or you're an agent looking to join and you're not sure how to get in touch with her, you can contact me and I'll put you in touch. And uh, thank you very much and have a great afternoon. Thank you.